Whitehall Glens Falls. It's 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Wednesday, December 6th. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. As part of our continuing series on health care in the North Country, there's not a lot of data about the health of the region's LGBTQ plus residents. A Lake Placid native and grad student wants to change that. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers and as public health professionals to um, look for inequities and address them. And we won't know about inequities and health disparities unless we look for them. The Ogdensburg Airport is beginning renovations. When it's completed, the airport will have more public gathering space. And an acoustic guitar maker tells us about how he fell in love with guitars in the 70s. Chef Curtis shares a truffle and onion dip recipe and the key to good caramelization. Stop messing with the food. <laughs> let the food do what it needs to do. Let the pan work its magic and let heat change the product. If you're a fidgeter, you can't get caramelization. It's so hard to do. A dish with plenty of wow factor for your holiday table coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Mountain Orthotic and Prosthetic Services, a full-service practice committed to providing care for patients of all ages with offices in Lake Placid, Plattsburgh, and Malone. Details and referrals at mountainonp.com. And by Blue Seed Studios, Saranac Lake, promoting community involvement in the arts on the web at blucstudios.org. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. Throughout this fall, you've heard all kinds of stories about the challenges with health care here in the North Country. It's hard to address those challenges without numbers and data about what people experience in the region. And there's not a lot of data for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, and queer communities. A Lake Placid-based grad student wants to change that. Our Champlain Valley reporter, Kara Chapman, has more. Danny Baker grew up in Lake Placid. He graduated in 1999 and spent about 20 years working in healthcare in the D.C. area. He moved back to the North Country with his husband a couple years ago. And coming back has been a breath of fresh air. Um, things have uh, changed for the better in terms of um, acceptance, I think, throughout the country, but also specifically in the North Country where I grew up. But Baker says even though there's more acceptance for LGBTQ folks, he and his husband still had a hard time finding LGBTQ-friendly health care here. And that's a struggle others face, too. He says there are a couple reasons for that. For one, rural areas like the North Country have lower access to health care in general. But also, some places and people here are just less accepting of LGBTQ people. Community stigma and experiences with community stigma can contribute to a, a, a sense of lack of uh, LGBTQ-affirming care. Baker wants to help change that. He's a nurse practitioner and a Johns Hopkins University grad student. He's leading a research project that has two parts. The first part is a survey that's open to adults who live in Clinton, Essex, Franklin, Hamilton, Jefferson, Lewis, and St. Lawrence counties. Its goal is to take a look at the resources available to LGBTQ folks in the North Country and identify the barriers they face to getting the health care they need. 
Baker says these people have historically been excluded from both healthcare environments and healthcare research. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers and as public health professionals to um, look for inequities and address them. And we won't know about inequities and health disparities unless we look for them. Kelly Metzger is with the Adirondack North Country Gender Alliance. She says LGBTQ plus folks have specific needs. Providers willing to prescribe HIV prevention medication, higher level behavioral health professionals who can sign off on gender affirming surgeries, and at a more basic level, doctors willing to listen to their patients when it comes to their gender identities. We need these services as any other, as we would need Uh, high blood pressure, as we need cardiac, as we need anything else, we need these services on top of that. She says those services need to be closer to where people live, not hours away in places like Burlington and Albany. Metzger says that's why it's important for people to take Baker's survey. We need to know where people are. We need to know the type of health care they need. And we need to find uh, those providers who can provide it in the communities in which we live. Andrea Whitmarsh is with the Essex County Health Department. She says getting specific data about the region's LGBTQ population is a big reason her agency is a partner on Baker's project. Any way that we can kind of gather that information and then help to share it and put it back out there, not only for those folks, but for the providers that may be interacting with them, you know, that's something that we've just really found a lot of value in. The second component of Baker's project centers on those healthcare providers. Baker says there's a community advisory board that's focused on promoting LGBTQ health in the region. But he's also working to launch a program called Project Echo. Baker says the idea behind Project Echo is to enhance rural health. It'll bring local experts and providers together to discuss different topics related to LGBTQ healthcare. And providers can actually present cases that they experienced in their care and um, solicit input on how other providers in the area would approach that um, that patient circumstance, for example. The healthcare survey is open until December 31st. Baker says it's completely anonymous and the information will only be shared with Johns Hopkins University and North Country Health Departments. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio. We have information about how to take the North Country LGBTQ Health Survey on our website, ncpr.org. You can also check out the stories from our healthcare series, Imperfect Solutions, Rural Healthcare in the North Country. Three North Country schools are getting their share of millions of dollars in state support for tackling mental health at school. Governor Hochul announced more than $5 million to establish school-based mental health clinics. It's part of her $1 billion plan to improve mental health care across the state. There are already nearly 100 school-based mental health clinic sites around the North Country. Parishville Hopkinton Junior Senior High School, Edwards Knox Junior Senior High School in Herman, and Colton Pierpont Central School will receive at least $25,000 to establish the clinics. The clinics will help identify students' mental health needs earlier and work with families. A new primary health care center is now open in Malone. Hudson Headwaters Family Health at Malone is on the Alice Hyde Medical Campus. The office has two providers for all ages, one family nurse practitioner and a physician's assistant. Another family nurse practitioner will start seeing patients in February. North Country Assemblyman Billy Jones said in a statement, the new facility helps to ensure more people in the region have access to much-needed health care. Hudson Headwaters is a federally qualified health center, which opens it up to federal grants. 
You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio, eight minutes past eight. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Just ahead, Chef Curtis Hem shares one of his favorite holiday dips, truffle oil and caramelized onions, perfect with chunks of crusty bread. I'll have that recipe and conversation in just a few minutes here on Northern Light. Music by Eddie Lawrence in Moira. Northern Light is supported by North Country Children's Museum, Potsdam with hands-on and minds-on exhibits and programs for children 12 and under and their families. Open Wednesday to Sunday, 10 to 5, northcountrychildrensmuseum.org. And by St. Lawrence Nurseries, Potsdam accepting orders now through April 12th for cold-hardy fruit and nut trees. Details at slngrow.com. Before the end of the month, take a moment to help keep NCPR strong in 2024 with a year-end gift. You can give it ncpr.org slash give or email us ncpr.org. Thanks and happy holidays. A person walked across the Moses Saunders Power Dam near Messina in October, illegally entering the U.S. from Canada. WWNY-TV reports officials are investigating the security breach. The half-mile-long dam crosses the St. Lawrence River between Messina and Cornwall, Ontario. On October 25th, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol were notified that a person illegally entered the U.S. through the dam. The individual was found two miles away. The person was later sent to the processing center in Buffalo. The New York Power Authority, which operates the U.S. side of the dam, told WWNY-TV in a statement that safety and security are a top priority and that they'll be doing an internal investigation along with reviewing dam policies. The Ogdensburg International Airport will begin its renovation project next week. The multi-million dollar remodel will expand the airport and include more public gathering space. Catherine Wheeler reports it's part of the state's $230 million effort to revamp upstate airports. The airport's renovation plan includes expanding the lobby and baggage claim, adding more bathrooms, and upgrading security and Wi-Fi. Ogdensburg Bridge and Port Authority Executive Director Steve Lawrence says the goals for the updates are twofold. One is providing better service for air travelers. But it's a small airport, so for most of the day, it's empty. So Lawrence says they've come up with a new idea on how to use the space. It reimagines a small airport terminal as a bright, welcoming uh, facility that can serve both the uh, airport and the larger uh, regional community. Lawrence says the design revolves around an enhanced airport terminal, what he calls the Great Room. When it's time for flights, it's a regular airport terminal with a ticket desk, security, baggage claim, the works. And then there's space for gatherings. The public side of that is when the airport's not in use, we could do things such as weddings or seminars or conference and totally uh, separate and partition off the great room from the airport operations. So you could still take in flights, but yet you could have something going on in the great room that would serve a public need. Lawrence says the Ogdensburg Airport took a big hit during the COVID pandemic. Low-cost carrier Allegiant pulled its service, and so did the essential air service carrier SkyWest. Contour took over in 2022 with flights from Ogdensburg to Philadelphia. 
Lawrence says they recognize how those changes have affected travelers. We're looking at different low-cost carriers to try to get them uh, to come back to uh, Ogdensburg. And I know when Allegiant was going strong, when we did have that, um, it was quite a, a, a good thing to have um, for this area and that people could access other parts of the country fairly easily and without a lot of hassle. Lawrence says the project is estimated to cost more than $21 million. It's received $18 million in state funding along with some FAA improvement money. Lawrence says the first phase of construction starts next week. They'll be moving some things around and reconfiguring utilities. That should be complete by spring and they'll move on to a second construction phase in the early summer. He says the construction shouldn't affect travelers right now. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio. Making musical instruments takes hours of precise and delicate work. It's a real craft. Today we hear from one of those craftsmen, an acoustic guitar maker based in Saranac Lake. He's also one of the artists featured in The Art of Craft, an exhibit that opens this Friday at the View Arts Center in Old Forge. Anna Williams-Bergen has this North Country at Work story. Thompson started playing guitar when he was four and a half. His dad was learning to play, and he grew up near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, when there was a lot going on in the folk music scene. By the time I was finishing high school, I'd gotten pretty good uh, as a folk singer, folk picker, uh, and I was looking for a better guitar. Thompson fell in love in a repair shop outside Philadelphia. It was a Hermann Hauser, an antique German guitar that was in for some work. Thompson said its music made the walls shake, and he knew he had to have it. And I said, well, how much? And he said, $2,600. In 1971, $2,600 bought you a new car. And I said, I will never be able to afford a guitar like this. Thompson's friend gave him a book on building guitars. If he couldn't afford that guitar, maybe he could make one himself. But he didn't know anything about woodworking, and it seemed really complicated. Thompson didn't start until a few years later, when a guitar builder gave him some perspective. All instrument making happens one step at a time. And if you look at each step, it's maybe not that impossible. But you have to have the patience to just keep plugging away. So Thompson started building basic guitars. They weren't very good. One of them sold for a hundred bucks five years later. One of them made very nice kindling to start a beach bonfire. Um, But that got me started. Now, Thompson has been building guitars for exactly 50 years. He did it as a hobby while he worked as a doctor. Since 2011, he's been able to spend more time building guitars and even turn it into a part-time business. Okay, uh, these are guitar clamps. These are what are called deep-throated clamps. Thompson's studio is technically a garage, but it's full of fancy wood that needs to be in perfect condition, not warped or dried out. I have uh, an air conditioner and I have both a humidifier and a dehumidifier that I switch off when the seasons change. And I try and keep the humidity in this shop at around 35% and the temperature around 70 to 72 degrees. 
Metal tools and clamps hang from the walls. There are shelves of wooden boards and a bunch of workbenches. One is raised up high for detail work like gluing and sanding. Here's some thousand grip, and we put that on there, and then we work in little. Thompson sands everything by hand. It's just one out of tons of steps that are all done with super careful attention to detail. So making a single guitar takes a long time. 80 to 100 hours per instrument. Um, I'm told that that's much too long, that I'm much too slow. I believe it. Thompson works with wood from all over the world. He explains that different kinds are better for different parts of the guitar. So we've got planks of uh, wood from Brazil here, the Pacific Northwest, um, some maple from Pennsylvania. The wood itself is amazing stuff. Uh, I get to work with woods that have amazing color and texture and smell that have connections all over the world. And, And out of the skeletons, if you will, of, of living things, I'm able to put together something that produces amazing sound, brings people together. Plus, Thompson said there's always the challenge of trying to make the next one just a little bit better than the last. Great. So a little rough for not yeah. having warmed up. For North Country Public Radio's North Country at Work project, I'm Anna Williams Bergen in Saranac Lake. Check out Bruce Thompson's guitars at the View Arts Center in Old Forge. Their exhibit, The Art of Craft, featuring the work of craftspeople from around the Outer Grondacks, opens this Friday, December 8th. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. In just a minute, a homemade dip for the holiday table. That's a showstopper from Chef Curtis in just a couple of minutes. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note just ahead at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Uh, partly to mostly cloudy today. Highs in the uh, upper 20s, low 30s, light winds out of the north northeast. Maybe some snow showers tomorrow. A continued cloudy, highs low 30s, gradually milder temperatures. Cloudy Friday, highs near 40. Saturday, cloudy, highs near 50. And highs in the low 50s on Sunday with a chance of rain. About a 70% chance of rain on Sunday. And a wintry mix possible on Monday with highs in the upper 30s, low 40s. That's the extended forecast. But gray skies uh, for the next few days. Highs this afternoon, upper 20s, low 30s, and light winds out of the north-northeast. Cloudy, 21 degrees in Canton right now.
cream cheese, white truffle oil, and caramelized onions combined to create one of Chef Curtis Hem's favorite dips. He says it's one of the most popular holiday offerings at the View restaurant in Lake Placid, where he's the executive chef. Yeah, Chef Curtis Hem joins us each month to share a favorite seasonal recipe, and he says his truffle and onion dip is richly satisfying on many levels. So I approach everything like just from a chef's mindset. So this is kind of like a you know, in the mind of a chef lesson as well. So what's my base? My base is this creaminess that has the cream cheese, the ricotta, the sour cream, the mayonnaise. That's got some flavor agents added to it, which is the lemon juice, which is a little acidity to fight the fat, the truffle oil for that kind of earthy richness, and then kosher salt and black pepper are the two most accessible seasonings that we have. So there's my base. Now from that base, I can do anything I want. So I chose on this one to have caramelized onions because I wanted a French onion dip that matched truffle and really good crusty local bread. That's, that's the origin of this, and that's how I think about it. So, so that base is, is, is the heart of the dip, and then the garnish ingredients of the cold caramelized onions, um, you could do it hot as well, um, and the fresh rosemary and the pine nuts are, are the additional flavor agents. But in a dip, you should taste that base. That's what you're going for, so that creaminess. So. Right. So one of the, um, as you just mentioned, the caramelized onions, I'm reading your directions and we've talked before. I'm one of these people that fiddles with stuff in the saute pan. You're <laughs> killing me, Tom. I know. You're it's horrible. Me. It's awful. I have non-radio approved words for that. <laughs> so stop messing with the food let the food do what it needs to do let the pan work its magic and let heat change the product if you're a fidgeter you can't get caramelization it's so hard to do use a lower heat have some patience have a beverage whether it's a warm glass of cider a glass of wine a beer i don't care Uh just relax watch magic happen i have a lot of people that's the one thing you know, everybody comes in the carrot house and they all are fidgeters. It's like, how do you guys do this? So the onions are full of sugars. Mm-hmm. That's why we want to mix the onions up too. So here I have a white onion, which is my favorite onion. Um, and then I have a red onion. Two totally different flavor profiles, but yet still both very onion. They have different sugar contents. They have different flavors when they're caramelized. And that's what I wanted to. So I encourage you, if nothing else, you know, even if you're a fidgeter, so fidget, um, you do you. And buy a couple of different onions. Is there a substitution for the truffle oil? Yeah, you could just use olive oil. Truffle oh. oil is kind of my pink, my pinky is out when I say that. Right. So, but you know, there's Saratoga olive oil, which is a, a really nice product. There's truffle oil that you can buy in the regular grocery stores. Uh-huh. Um, there's even truffled salt you could put on if you wanted to, but you don't have to have. And some people don't like truffle. Just uh-huh. to be honest about it, you know, some people don't like onions, so use mushrooms. I, I mean, it's that simple. So the base is, is really simple. And there's a couple phrases, just the tempering phrase. Basically, it's like when you're making a pie dough or something or a pastry and you're having butter come to room temperature. That's tempering the butter. We're doing the same thing. We're taking cream cheese, um, ricotta, sour cream, and mayonnaise. We want that to temper. We want those flavors to come, those ingredients to come to room temperature, you know, so we can process them into something different. I like cream cheese. I think cream cheese is the base. If you don't like ricotta, I love Chev. Chev is a great mm-hmm. product. There's so much local fresh goat's cheese in our area. Mm-hmm. We should celebrate that and mm-hmm. use that. I think it goes great with both truffle and it goes great with the caramelized onion. And again, if you don't like onions, by all means, use mushrooms. Mm. So, 
Yeah, I love both. So yeah, you yeah, too. And you know what? Hey, you want to live on the edge? Combine both. <laughs> Caramelize both separately. Yeah. Otherwise, they won't come. Then you kind of let everything cool to room temperature, and then that's when you can kind of arrange things in your serving bowl, right? Yeah, so basically what I do is I take this, I use a rubber scraper, I scrape out my bowl, I put a big plop of that creamy base on a platter or a bowl, I take the back of the scraper, I make a well in it, I put the onions kind of pouring out of that well. If I want to put another drizzle of olive oil on there, I can, and then I put some really good sliced bread, and there's so much local bread around here, it's we're we're really lucky um, yeah. to have so many good bread bakeries and cheesemakers and whatnot. Yeah. So a great dip for a chunk of crusty bread. Oh yeah, and this is, this goes great on grilled chicken too. I'm just going to throw that out there. Another oh, good. good local product. It's a wonderful recipe. I use it for a lot of different things. You can keep this base. So if you're going to go to the trouble of making the base, uh-huh. make twice. So if you've got two different potlucks, you're going to double up everything. So the only thing you're adding is time. I don't mean T-H-Y-M, I mean T-I-M-E. So maximize your efforts here. You can use a KitchenAid mixer or even one of those like little handheld mixers with the two paddles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great party thing. It's a great, even if it's just like a couple friends getting together. You know, this doesn't make a lot, so it's very scalable. Um, and not many recipes are truly that way, but you can just, you can time this by five and get an appropriate result. No, no questions asked. Excellent. The only thing, it, it takes you longer to caramelize the onions. And you'll need a larger vessel to do that. Right, right. But Cool. I'm going to try it. Great. Yeah, the other thing, too, I want to make mention, and um, I saw a post from Crown Point um, uh, Farm, the ones that I've used the butter on your show before. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that they had these beautiful wreaths. And I want people to understand local, local food producers and farms also go beyond just producing food. A lot of people make as much use of the resources of their farms as possible. And they were producing these amazing wreaths. I'm going to be the proud bearer of a Crown Point uh, farm uh, wreath at the Carriage House. But just remember, for, for all the listeners, to support local farms, even if it's not just food products. There's so many other products that they produce. Very good point. Very cool. I love that idea. It's so important to keep our money local. That means your neighbor who, who's keeping some open space open you know, it doesn't become a house. It doesn't become, you know, something detracting from the landscape. It, it is, it's really, you know, a vital part of our, our landscape. Chef Curtis Hem owns the Carriage House Cooking School in Peru, New York. He's also executive chef at the View Restaurant at the Mirror Lake Inn Resort and Spa in Lake Placid. And a little later this morning, you'll find a photo and his recipe for truffle and onion dip on our website ncpr.org There's only one space girl in Todd and Mine's life, and that is Eileen O'Donohue. You know her from her astronomy chats right here on Northern Light. And now you can join her, Todd, and me in person 
for an evening of stargazing at the observatory in Tupper Lake. This Saturday, Eileen and other astronomers from the Adirondack Sky Center will take us on a tour of the night sky, preview the upcoming solar eclipse, peek through telescopes, and test our wits in constellation trivia. This outdoor event is free, but space is limited, so reserve your spot at ncpr.org slash under the stars. That's ncpr.org slash under the stars. If sky conditions are not so good for viewing, the event and presentation will move indoors to Racket River Brewing there in Tupper. So reserve your seat at ncpr.org slash under the stars. That's this Saturday at 5 at the Adirondack Sky Center in Tupper Lake. Can't wait to see you there. Was if you were That is it for the show for the day. Morning Edition continues in just a minute. Then later this morning on 1A, John Batiste joins us and talks about the highs and lows captured in American Symphony. That conversation with John Batiste later this morning on 1A between 10 and noon right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Monica Sandreski. I'm Todd Bow. Thanks for joining us. Be well. Mm-hmm.